Hello there. Welcome to a new episode of the Liberators Network podcast. And this is our first episode in the new year. So let me wish you a happy new year. I absolutely hope, and I know many people have said the same thing already, but that 2021 will be a much better year for all of us than 2020 in general, but also specifically when you're working with Scrum. I hope that you can find ways this year to overcome some of the impediments that plagued you last year and that you can find ways to engage the people in your team in a more complete and holistic manner. That would be great, right? And I hope that in some way our podcast and all the other content that we create can contribute to that. Before starting this episode, I want to take a moment to thank the new patrons who joined to support the show and all the other content that we create. Jill Graves, Carlo Gandolfo, and Isabel Schias, thank you for joining and for supporting us in this new year. And with that bit of housekeeping behind us, let's move on to today's episode. Because today's episode is all about resistance. And it's a response to a discussion that we were having with patrons on Discord, which is our platform where we interact with many of our patrons. There was a discussion going on there about how do you deal with teams that just don't want to? How do you deal with a team that just doesn't want to do pair programming? They don't even want to do Scrum. They don't want to do sprint retrospectives. You can take whatever experiment or idea you have, but the team just doesn't want to. How do you deal with that? This episode is in a way a personal lesson that I learned about how to deal with that, but it also reframes resistance in another way because in our in our line of work, we often treat resistance as something that exists in others, in the people that are skeptical to our ideas and they are resisting it. And I think that that's, that's, not, that's not correct and it's not doing justice to the others. So in today's episode, we're going to take a closer look at resistance and how you may actually be creating your own resistance. Here goes. How do you deal with a team that just doesn't want to? How do you create movement when people seem to prefer to stay where they are? How do you get people to move along with your exciting ideas, whether it is Scrum, Kanban, some technical practice, or something altogether different? This really is the penultimate question of change management and one I've struggled with since my earliest experiences in the workplace. As a fresh business informatics graduate, I quickly discovered that the best technical solution wasn't always cheerfully embraced by the people that it was designed for. Struggling to understand the human factors at work here, I found myself on a different path and eventually ended up as an organizational psychologist. You'd think that, as a psychologist, I now know what drives people and how I can bring them along in a change. This was somehow what I was expecting from it when I started too. But the truth is that I don't. In fact, if there's anything I've learned from this journey, it is that it is much harder than books, models and methods make us believe. The richness of human behavior can be captured in a four-quadrant model. Neurolinguistic programming isn't going to magically resolve resistance like snow under the sun. And personality tests like the ocean, like DISC, the MBTI, are not accurate predictors of future behavior at all. This lack of simple answers and tools is frustrating at times, but there is also something liberating about it. In order to understand what drives people, you have to talk to them and build a relationship with them. 
I've always deeply enjoyed my work as a Scrum Master and what can be made possible with Scrum. At the same time, I've found it deeply frustrating when I see something that others don't seem to see and I can't figure out how to get people to see this too. For example, one of my teams was unwilling to come up with a single sprint goal. So we always ended up with two or three. In another team, where I also worked as a developer, I often struggled to get others to try new technologies and practices in favor of sticking to the familiar. I remember lengthy arguments, spirited debates and even some sleepless nights, where I mulled over ways to get my team to go along. Through those experiences, there is one lesson that I learned that may be helpful for other Scrum Masters and Agile coaches too. If you want to change something, start with the people that are eager to change that too. Now let me elaborate how I actually learned that lesson. In my earlier experiences with what I then perceived as resistance, I sometimes automatically put most of my energy into the people that appeared most skeptical to me. So I would start sending them books, blog posts that I hoped would convince them. Or I gave them a lot of time during sprint retrospectives to dig into the reasons for their objections. My hope was that by taking away their worries and their reasons to resist, I could move everyone along. But instead of overcoming resistance through debates and passionate arguments, I made it worse by essentially putting them on the spot. In what is actually a great example of group dynamics, the group as a whole became more hesitant because most attention was going to those who were more skeptical. I was implicitly encouraging social conformity around objections, where people that were once on the fence initially eventually became skeptical because they saw that others were skeptical too. So in a paradoxical way, I was creating my own resistance like most change agents seem to do. There was not one moment of insight where I discovered this pattern, but over time I discovered how it seemed better for everyone when I focused my energy on the people who were eager to change something too. This group may be small initially, even one other person, but the same group dynamics where you essentially create your own resistance by pushing harder can actually reduce what you may perceive as resistance here. When people see at least some of their peers going along in a change, it lowers the threshold for them to join. So over time, you can draw in the people that are still on the fence, followed by those that are a bit more skeptical and maybe even the people that are most skeptical in the end. One example of this is when we try to do pair programming in one team. Most developers weren't eager to do this from the start but I and another developer were, giving, were trying the experiment, so we started pairing with other developers that were not super skeptical about it. Since those sessions turned out to be very helpful, and we had a lot of fun while doing so, more skeptical developers eventually started to accept our invitations to pair. Because everyone, including the skeptical developers, discovered how well pair programming works in certain situations, it quickly became the norm. The point here is not to ignore people who are less eager to join in trying something new. They usually have good and understandable reasons for not wanting to. As I mentioned before, you have to build a relationship with people to understand what drives them. 
When people feel heard, seen and respected, it is so much easier for them to come along. At the same time, the more you focus on convincing them, the more likely it is that resistance will spread. So focus your energy on the people that are willing to try. The rest will likely follow. And sometimes they won't. Or you discover that their objections were totally justified. There are no simple answers in complex work. Hopefully my lesson is helpful to you too. It certainly saved me and my teams a lot of frustration and I think we did better because of it. Now what are some helpful tips to put this into practice? The first one is to celebrate with an inner cheer. When people who are initially skeptical decide to try something new, don't gloat over it, but celebrate with an inner cheer. It takes huge courage for someone to try something that they initially doubted, and you'll push them away when they see you gloat, or say things like, see, I told you so, or look who finally came around. Appreciate their willingness to try and openly debrief what it was like afterward. The second tip is that I've always found value in a lighthearted approach to people who are skeptical. Listen to their worries, invite them along in your experiments, and don't make a big deal out of it when they don't want to. A third tip is that although the examples in this episode are from teams that I was a part of, the same group dynamics surface in organizations at large too. There too, you gain more by focusing on the people who are eager to join. For one client, we experienced significant doubt about the usefulness of Scrum in two teams. So we simply focused on three other teams and made sure that their experiences were shared in an approachable manner. Soon after, one team approached us to help them make the leap too. And one team never did. That was the reality of it. A final tip, and something that you may want to try if you're also into liberating structures, is to try something like Conversation Cafe. It's really an excellent way to explore how people feel about a change without judging. And afterwards you can make an open invitation for anyone who wants to join, to join you in an experiment. For example, you could do a Conversation Cafe about pair programming. What are your thoughts, your worries and your hopes about pair programming? No judgment, no expectations, just a conversation about it. So these are some helpful examples that might get you on your way. And with that, we've reached the end of today's episode. I hope you learned something new about resistance and how we often create our own resistance by focusing on the people that are most skeptical. I also want to thank you for taking time out of what is probably a busy day to listen to this episode and improve your craft as a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Team Member or Change Agent. If you liked today's episode, please rate it on whatever platform you're listening on, maybe share it with friends who may also benefit from it. Having said all that, I want to wish you a great day and a lot of fun with your Scrum teams, a very productive year also, I hope, and we'll see each other again for the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.